Hi, I'm Iris Muller. I'm a certified rehabilitation counselor and a proud mom of two children, one of whom has quadriplegic cerebral palsy and is nonverbal. And I'm Alma Schneider, a licensed clinical social worker and the proud mom of four children, one of whom has Prader-Willi syndrome. In this podcast, we discuss the uncensored truth about raising kids with disabilities. Prepare to laugh, cry, and hopefully learn something new. This is Two Moms No Fluff. Hello, Iris. Hello. We are, hello. We are welcoming all of you, newcomers. We are Two Moms No Fluff, and we are very happy to be here talking with you about all things parenting with children with disabilities, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And uh, Iris, would you like to tell our folks at home what we'll be talking about today? Yes, today we have an exciting topic and uh, something that uh, I'm still practicing and I think uh, maybe others are too. It's called knowing your own limits. And I know that for a lot of people being in the situation of having a child with like additional needs, as uh, some people like to call it, is a challenge. And we find ourselves not quite the people we were before in the sense that we cannot accomplish the same amount of work or home-related tasks. And life really does change for some of us dramatically. So I wanted to touch on this kind of bit of our lives with our kids. And um, I hope that this would help people find new strategies to manage their time, uh, the inner ability to say no when there's too many things on their plate already, and that we can support them in this journey that uh, we are still on with them as well. Oh, yeah, we are still on this journey and we're going to be for a long time. So we better, <laughs> if we haven't gotten started yet with being able to say no or set our own limits, then we're, we, we better start now because <laughs> it, it's only going to get harder. Never too late. <laughs> yes. Never too late. Never too late. And I think, you know, what I'd really like to, to start with the concept of, um, our new normal because and this and this isn't just about having a child with a disability because even first-time parents have a lot of difficulty with accepting the fact that our lives do change dramatically when we have a child and with each you know if we have more than one child with each additional child we can you know we we have to figure out strategies to still be able to do the things that we want to do um but there are some things that we you know, I don't like to use the word sacrifice. I like to, to think about it more as how can I, how can I still accomplish the things that I want to get accomplished with as little stress as possible, things that need to get done, things that I want to get done um, with as little stress as possible. So it's not impossible to still, you know, do a lot of the things that we did before, but we have to think about it differently. And we are going to have to say the big N-O to some of the things that we used to possibly. So how can we not feel so bad about that? Because I know that for me, I really do quite a bit um, outside the home and I, I really struggled and, you know, have figured out some strategies to still have a rich life outside of my family, um, including, so one of the ways that I do that is I include my family in a lot of the things that, that I want to do. 
that I need to do. And that, that takes some stress off of me, but sometimes it adds more stress to include them. So we have to really get introspective and think about, okay, in the, in this particular situation, is it going to be worse if I bring my, you know, my kids or my husband or um, (laughs) someone else, or is it going to be easier? And we have to strategize. So do we want to give some examples, some personal examples of, of some of these things? Do you want to I, out there, Iris? Yeah, I think that all in all, it was a kind of a hard, hard reality to adjust to the fact that I was not even able to like do the self-care needs that I had for myself after all the needs and caring that uh, I had to give to my one child with, yeah. uh, with special needs because uh, I only had one child when she was born. So it, it was quite, quite a transition. And uh, I remember as a young mom that one day I was uh, really kind of trying to like organize the day and have one appointment after the other and in between a break for a meal. And I came back home and I'm like, you know, carrying the, the bags and the, the baby in the stroller and all the car seat, everything that came along with it. And uh, I decided to make a healthy meal and uh, put all the organic vegetables in my Vitamix (laughs) and uh, I forgot to put the lid in my haste so I actually put it on and you can imagine what what was oh my god so you had a Vitamix the (laughs) highest power blender with no top on spray my entire freaking kitchen it was horrible yes so uh, and then it's like you know life is revenging you know all your outfit everything needed a cleanup so I'm just like sometimes it's just you really need to stop <laughs> and uh, yeah. after after that I, uh, I I had a new kind of strategy to the madness which I'll share with you um, later if you want to share a story yourself so <laughs> I don't know it seems Alma that you're always in control so maybe it's oh yeah no I am not always in control. And one of the reasons that I'm not always in control is because sometimes I forget to pay attention to my body and what my body is telling me. And because I am a person who likes to do a lot and I like to be active. I like to, you know, participate a lot in the community um, to, you know, I like to go out a lot and you know, you know me, I like to go to thrift shops and yard sales when, and I like to go to concerts and do all these things. And sometimes it, it takes a toll. So uh, if, I, if, I'm, I, if I'm paying attention to the fact that I'm very short tempered or don't, don't have a lot of patience with my kids, I really need to have looked at how I was feeling before I lost my patience. Like if I'm, if I'm, if I feel my stress, if I pay attention to my body, I can, and we all can feel our stress escalating in our body. You know, the, our heart rate might be accelerated. Um, We might start sweating. You know, there are a lot of physical signs that we're taking on too much or that we're starting to feel stressed. And once we start paying attention to those things, I think it's a little bit easier to get a sense that we're doing too much and we need to kind of take a pause and back off. And and that's really important. And I do struggle with that. And I'm I'm getting a little bit better, um, but it's something that I think it's a really important thing that that all of us need to do to pay attention to what our body is telling us. So that's one strategy that I confess I'm not always, you know, perfect at because once I'm already, you know, yelling in the house and frustrated and it's a little bit too late. So I I really am trying to to pay more attention. 
to those signals. Um, but one of the things that I'm thinking of going back a little bit when I really was struggling, you know, with four little kids in the house is that I remember somebody asking me if my son would be able to go to a Taekwondo class. And I said, you know what? I really can't bring him anymore. I used to bring him and it was twice a week and it was so hard for me. Um, I used to bring Lincoln, my son who, who had the disability and he would be crawling all over the place. And, you know, again, this could be a typical child but I'm just bringing up, you know, a, a, a regular situation where it was really hard to be in the waiting room where the parents were when my other son was uh, doing the Taekwondo. And I, I really felt badly that I told this woman, no, I really can't let my son do that class with your son because it's just, it's too much for me. It's too much for me. And she said, what if my babysitter took your son every time we go? And I was like, seriously? Uh, yeah, if you're offering that, I will accept. So that started, um, that started a whole new period of this kind woman and her babysitter who was already taking her son. It was no skin off her nose and it was more fun for her son. And it was easier for the babysitter because my son they and made the other little boy were friends and she didn't have to focus so much on them, you know, interacting with them. So that wasn't, that was, you know, I had actually stopped engaging, you know, in this activity on my side, I stopped allowing my son to because I did know my limits, but it allowed me to allow, to allow him to do it by accepting the help from someone else. So that's, um, that was one strategy where after I knew my limits, I was able to still make it happen without me doing it and getting totally stressed out about my other son, you know, crawling all over the place and grabbing at everybody's stuff in the waiting room where the parents were. That's, that's one of many stories of knowing limits. Yes. You got and one for us? I, no, I just think and feel how important it is. Like sometimes the people in our life, it's just such a no bother for them to really help us in a significant yeah. way you know something that they couldn't care less about it right. these are like the like you know life rescue wheels that other people send totally. our way and I, and I was helping story. her by the way by doing it because her son refused to do it without if my without a friend so she wanted her son to do this so it really was a win-win and I was being helped tremendously and I didn't have to stress out so yeah there we go so uh, I want to say something about like one of the strategies that I used in my life in case mm -hmm. it might help someone else uh, as you know Alma I'm a very detail-oriented person and yes. <laughs> very much so unfortunately in but... all the best ways in all the best ways <laughs> <laughs> so at the end uh, of a period in which I just like I, I really felt that I lost any sense of control over my life I found it impossible to even reply to simple emails and let alone do other kind of extracurricular social activities it was just like the caregiving and, and basically losing myself in this chaos of a new diagnosis and all the tasks that come along with it the doctor mm. appointments the ther therapies the equipment the you know um uh, it's 
a schlep like the whole <laughs> the whole the whole business Big old so, schlep. Mm-hmm. yes <laughs> so i uh, decided to sit down and and kind of analyze my own week and understand where the, where does the time disappear to and i started like really writing my life in details and i would put in it everything like how long does it take to feed her four and a half hours people a day and she's wow. 13 now Yes, it's just the whole oral motor challenges uh, are so kind of severe that you need to not mm-hmm. only know how to feed and where to feed, it just takes a long time. But, um, you know, it's totally worth it. You know, she can chew and eat her own food. That's a big mm-hmm. deal. But yeah. uh, it took a lot of uh, time and a lot of outfit change on my part, like <laughs> getting everything that went into her mouth back at my face, kind of. And uh, <laughs> but, uh, but at the end of the day, it's it just like, even that tiny one item, the feeding was such a wake-up call when I started timing it that mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a big chunk of your day just to yeah. sit there and at the beginning uh, i i really wrote down everything that went into our day even trimming a uh, fingernails like uh, how long does it take to go uh, somewhere and uh, hook the wheelchair up to the car and then put the seat belts on my daughter in the car like any activities that you can think of uh, went into that time management calendar of mine And then I realized that it's like, there isn't any time left in the day, not yeah. to mention the night shift that would, uh, would be also like a whole bunch of awaken, awakenings uh, during uh, the night. So after you wake up eight times in one night, oh your level of productivity and the hours that you are awake is not what it used to be before, I can guarantee you. Right, and, well, you're uh, tired, you can't function. Yes, and, and all in all, I, I had to, really in a way adjust to a new reality mm-hmm. and accept that uh, what was before was before and what is now is now and mm-hmm. I started uh, in a way training myself to say no to little simple things like we're all going to the pool tomorrow would you guys join us my automatic reply is yes but after <laughs> after the fact it was Let me think about it. And mm-hmm. till today, when people are inviting me to activities or outings, I always say, let me check my daughter's appointment book first and I'll get back to you. Because I don't want to commit to things that are, you know, beyond my level of ability at this kind of time in my life that my energy is limited and uh, yeah. I'm so overwhelmed with my own life. Um, so I don't know if this is helpful to you or anyone else, but I highly recommend this exercise of like, I guess, dissecting your day and understanding uh, what goes on. And maybe you can discover that with some tasks, you can multitask, like having a phone call while you feed your child. Mm-hmm. Uh, my daughter would not allow that. All attention <laughs> to me, she would tell me. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but, but basically, you know, some people can figure out ways to multitask at, at certain times. And, uh, and it's just, uh, you know, a couple of days after that, my husband comes to me and is like, you know what would be great right now if you took another like part-time position, our income would be so much better. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm barely yeah. surviving it as is. Yeah. What are we talking about? I'll starve to death, but I'm not going out to work right now. Yeah, so, it's, yeah it's, it life. takes up all, some of these tasks take up so much time. Um, something that you said was really important that 
you take a pause and by telling people, let me check the calendar. So that serves two purposes saying that one, you are literally going to check the calendar and see if you have something else going on, but it also gives you the opportunity to not say yes. And then because that's your automatic response, oh, that sounds great. Yes, I'd love to. And then have to come back and realize, oh my God, that's going to be too overwhelming. I can't do that. And then have to say, no, I don't want to speak for you, but I would imagine that, you know, most of us don't want to, you know, we want to really try to limit committing to things and then having to bail out of them to say no, um, because we don't want to be that person who we want to keep our word, you know, that if we say we're going to do something, we're going to do it because then people might not continue inviting us. And I think a lot of people are immediately always say yes, because that's their intention is to participate and they want to be a part of the community, the world, the event, whatever it is you're being invited to. But when reality sets in, it's not going to work out that way. So one of the, so I like that you're giving yourself that pause because you give yourself that second to think, you're forcing yourself to really think about it. Like, is this going to be feasible for me? Am I going to be able to do this? Um, one of the strategies that I have when it, it's a little bit different, but it's, it's kind of similar in some ways, when people ask me to participate in things, um, that have to do either, whether it's a social event or volunteering for something, I get asked to be, to get involved in a lot of different community organizations and just to help out with events. And I used to say yes to everything because I wanted to help. And I guess, you know, maybe I had more time before, but now it really has become a time sucker for me when I don't have as much time. So the strategy that I've started I haven't even started using it. Something that's been become sort of automatic for me is if is that if somebody is asking me because I still want to participate, I still want to help out, you know, with organizations or events. If somebody calls me and asks me, if it does not, if the the whatever they're asking me, if it does not, um, if it doesn't feel like something that I'm passionate about or that is something that is gonna directly benefit my family in some way, or um, if it doesn't seem really important to my life for whatever reason, if it doesn't, then I, I cut them off. I don't say, oh, let me get back to you. I cut them off while they're talking and I'll say, I don't wanna waste your time. I really, I'm really flattered or thank you so much for inviting me to this, but I'm really, I'm not, you know, I really am not gonna be able to attend that. Um, you know, I don't have enough time and I really can't allocate, you know, time for that. So I really have gotten, that is something that I have gotten better at over time because of the reality of the limited time that we have. And again, that doesn't necessarily have to do with having a child with a disability. That's just life in general gets busier. Knowing your limits. Knowing your limits and having children, period, is, you know, it takes time and we have to, you know, whether we're forced to think about it or whether it just becomes natural for us to know this um, just because it's our life, we eventually start getting the sense that, oh God, yeah, I can't do that anymore. I can't, if somebody asks us, oh, would you like to participate in a, a workshop? It might sound really interesting, but it's uh, six hours a day for the next year 
you know you're going to have to say no unless this is something that like that's an extreme you know but we we start getting better at knowing our limits just because of the life that we're living but sometimes we have to force ourselves to to step back and really think like what you're saying write it down write out how long things take just to really get a sense of how limited our time is or how much time we do have yeah I think that the three parameters in my life according to which I consider an activity are, are basically like the the time that it takes, the effort that it takes, and also the the money, like how much it yes. will cost because uh, for us, like uh, let's say I'm going to an activity with my son, there is a price tag to every hour that I'm outside of the house because we yes. have to pay an aid to stay with my daughter. Mm-hmm. And it, it sounds ridiculous, but really everything translates to uh, hours of aids, hours of aids translates to hours sure. of physical therapy, the hours of physical therapy translates to equipment purchases. It's like everything is kind of a, you know, it has a value. Uh, yeah. And uh, at the end of the day, I think that the, uh, I don't know how it sounds to other people, but to me, when I listen to you saying, uh, let me stop you right there. I actually can't commit to that. It's like the Everest of assertiveness. I, it's I liberating. look up to you. I look up it's to you, liberating. Alma. I'm just like a deer in the headlights. How do you say it in English? I'm just like, yes. you're asking me for an activity outside of my house. Let me think about it. I don't know what to do. I'll get back to you in a couple of days after I sleep on it. I calculate everything and I make a you know reasonable decision. I educate. Well, just choice. to qualify, those are more. I do. I'm able to do that more with big asks. You know, with big ass. If somebody says, oh, would you like to go to dinner? That's like another story. I might have to, you know, work around that one. But when it's a big ask, I guess it's easier to just cut them off and say, there's no way I'm going to be able to do that. Yes, I I am still kind of learning how to uh, how to be more assertive, but I I think that there is no uh, better trainer than time because uh, yes. as, as many opportunities that you have to like make small mistakes. Like I used to take my daughter, you know, who's quadriplegic and cannot even sit independently, use her hands or stand alone, to a little gym. I now. Uh, you don't have to be a genius to understand that this would require some extraordinary strength on the parent side to have her participate in the class. Mm-hmm. And at one point in time, I realized that this doesn't make sense. It took me a while. And it's just mm-hmm. like, I come home, I'm like totally like done. My back is hurting. I, I just physically can't move. And uh, although it was much fun for her, I'm just like, we'll have to find other fun things that don't require all my physical stamina which I do not have and uh, it's it's kind of a realization that uh, you know you need to prioritize because you can't not sleep care for someone else and and still be involved in the same things you were involved before and in a way when I did that uh, exercise with the calendar and really Mm -hmm. understanding how how much you know tasks take in a day I actually found the joy in giving the little things extra time. So if before I would tell myself, oh, we're just going to the museum, it's 10 minutes from the house, and Mm -hmm. I would give myself 10 minutes and a few minutes for the back and forth from the apartment. After this exercise, I understood that it doesn't matter that it's 10 minutes from the house. I really need to take half an hour because it would take me 10 minutes to buckle the seat 
uh, the wheelchair into, um, into the car to open the ramp, close the ramp, do this, the seat belts, all of that. It's like, it's 10 minutes when I get her into the car and another 10 minutes when I get her out of the car. So uh, even the 10 minutes drive is 30 minutes each direction. Right. So I started blocking those uh, time slots in a much, much larger quantity of time. And then I found out that I actually have some spare time to ask That's my right. kids, which songs do they like to listen to on their on the way? And uh, I would have some time to get there. And before I started like, you know, unbuckling everything, starting to sweat, getting anxious because I hate to be late and all of that. I could do everything with ease and find the yes. time to hug my kids before we go into the activity or hug them on the way out and tell them how much I enjoyed my time with them. And everything became kind of like more of a quality time than a right. rush, stressful, stressful mm -hmm. necessary, un unachievable task that we have to accomplish. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And the flip side of that, like you said, is, um, you know, if we're, if we're so stressed out doing these tasks and, and, and running around like this, even though we feel like we're doing something good, we're bringing them to a gym class or we're bringing them to a, some kind of a fun activity, it's canceled out by all the stress and all the, you know, the upset that goes along with, with not knowing your limits. And the concern that I would have is that if you had all those stress, if, if one has all this stress associated with these positive outings, eventually we might say, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not gonna go to those outings. I'm not gonna do that. And then we're gonna end up isolated. And that's unfortunately what happens with a lot of people because it, these these outings are so stressful sometimes, you know, behaviorally, like, you know, in my family, you know, prone to tantrums or, um, having you know these meltdowns that that are going to be difficult and knowing that this is going to happen might you know at times has made me feel like I don't even want to I don't even want to go out I don't want to do this but it's really important that we look at why it's stressful like which is what you've done it was stressful because you did not give yourself enough time and you had thrown the ba you know baby out with the bathwater potentially because it was stressful when Maybe if we looked at how long it takes for that, like you said, not you're not as stressed out because you allotted more time for it. And then you're going to be more likely to enjoy the activity instead of saying, forget it, I'm not doing this. So your issue was time. For me, it might have been something that has to do with the behavior. So um, let's say I had forgotten a snack. If I were rushing around and I put too much pressure on myself to get to a billion places, to the point where I forgot a snack and you do not want to forget a snack with a child who has Prader-Willi syndrome. Let me tell you that right there. Those of you who are listening who have children with Prader-Willi syndrome know what I mean. Um, snacks must be given exactly when you tell them. There needs to be major structure with food. So um, that has happened to me many times where there has been a complete meltdown because I didn't have food in the car. And, you know, these are, it, these things are just so important that if we're too stressed and we don't allot the time or the energy to focus on what the, what's the most important thing for our child. And again, this goes for any child, you know, disability or not, we really need to pay attention to these things to make sure that, that um, we're not just running around like chickens without our heads, you know, on, and that we really be mindful of how to make our days go as smoothly as possible, 
how to say no to certain things, how to still go out, even if it's potentially difficult, but that we put everything in place to make it as positive as possible. And sometimes we can't control for that. Sometimes the shit's going to hit the fan no matter what, what <laughs> we do, no matter how much we put in place to not make it so but that's all we can do and that goes with anybody's life you know you never know what's going to happen but if we put things in place as much as possible we're going to have less of a chance of things going awry yeah and and that's true and i think that also as you kind of trial and error in activities and how you manage your time in your life you'll find ways to make it possible like i think for our family, for example, we, the activities that we found that are easiest for us to enjoy as a family were going to performing arts to see concerts, ballets, like mm-hmm. Broadway shows, whatever it was. We became experts, you can call me mm-hmm. for that, on how to find cheap tickets and, and, uh, <laughs> and definitely like found opportunities. And we would see the things that maybe were not hits at a certain time, but were definitely worth our time. And when everybody needs to sit down quietly in their chairs without moving, then it doesn't matter if you're quadriplegic or not. You can enjoy the show exactly the same way. And, and we did it a lot. We found like, a, you know, an activity that would, uh, would uh, suit everybody's needs. And we had mm-hmm. lots of fun as a family doing that. And same goes to other things. Like if you're lacking quality one-on-one time with your friend, but you also forgot to pamper yourself, go have a mani pedi together. I don't know. I, I don't right. like that, but that's, Multi, that's- It's layering the activities. I love that. Exactly. I, and that's a, that's a big one. Know your limits. But there's a way around getting everything done. And I think you and I have talked about this before, the idea of, you know, socializing. Like, I love to socialize. And it was one of my greatest fears when Lincoln was born, because when you look online, this syndrome looks like you are going to have no life at all. And it was really awful to see that. It's not the truth. There are just ways to deal with the food issues and the behavioral issues. But one of the one of the things that I struggled with was not being able to see all my friends and have quality time um, just to socialize with friends. So something that I did over time was that I I layered like what you're talking about. If you want to pamper yourself and see your friends, you get a mani-pedi with your friend. I like to have dinner parties. You know, after my kid, when he was, when my kids were younger, they would all go to sleep. I would have dinner parties so I could have a number of people in my house. I love to cook. So that was a way to nourish myself, to cook and do that activity that I love socializing with friends, getting to see friends and not, and having a bunch of them there at the same time. So I'm seeing a bunch of people at the same time and having, you know, quality time moving around, talking to the different people. So that's something that um, allowed me with, I had such a fear of not um, being involved with friends anymore or being able to socialize and that I was going to have to say no all the time because I had a child who was going to be a challenge to be in these situations but there was a workaround, you know, it all takes like opening your mind and thinking of all the different permutations and things that we can do differently to get our needs met. Um, So it, it honestly, it might have to be saying no a lot of the time, but we don't always have to say no, we can figure out a different way. 
Right, and I think creativity is the name of the game. And yes. all of us with kids with special needs, we like, if you have a disability in general, this is the disability life means creative life. You have to create solutions because yeah. the world is not quite ready for us no. all yet. And we no. have to really like embrace that. And I think this is one of the beautiful things about disability life and disability, the disability community. It's just like a, a bunch of very creative people that it's find true. very creative solutions to kind yes. of like ordinary day-to-day -day problems that other people don't even think about and uh, no. Nece necessity is the mother of invention yes. and it's totally true and it's ableism unfortunately we you know i wish that that it is a burden to have to create these solutions sometimes it's yes it's creative and it's empowering when we come up with these solutions but i often wish that these things were already created for us in by society so there definitely is ableism uh when it comes to these kind of topics and you know yeah, until I think this is our a, world is is going to take is a care part of, of the everybody reason we are here doing this podcast True. is just just to increase uh, awareness and discuss these problems because they're not just unique to you and i it's just no. something that is global and there's so many other parents in the same uh, situation and and i hope that uh, uh, a, that we uh, can kind of uh, give maybe one more tip about uh, time management, because if you already do go ahead and uh, uh, make a calendar of how your day really looks like in terms of your kids' appointments and what does it take to kind of do the home exercises and getting ready for those appointments and all the other activities of daily living, because if you have maybe a kid like me, just going to the bathroom can be a half an hour procedure. So mm -hmm. after you calculated all of that, then comes the list of, again, extracurricular social activities that can change from week to week. Now it's the holiday mm -hmm. season, so I'm sure you're like going crazy with that as well. So um, at the end of the day, it's just also knowing how to prioritize those things and decide that each and every week, what else can I put into my calendar? Mm -hmm. And maybe this week, not, but next week, yes. And mm -hmm. please, this week, we can't do it. But next time, please invite me. I really want to join your book club, yes. but not this week because we have so many appointments. And, uh, and at the end of the day, helping yourself kind of find priorities would would also bring some balance to your life because you'll see mm -hmm. also a rhythm or a synchrony in, in how you prioritize things and eventually the last piece in this puzzle is really knowing sometimes how to say no yes Simply sometimes no. it's just saying no it's just saying no and but it doesn't have to always be a no it can be <laughs> figuring out because i think it is important we don't want to be excluded from activities or we don't want to have relationships um, ended because we're saying no all the time yes. and we don't want to isolate our kids or our families because things are too hard. We have to enlist the support and help of the community mm -hmm. to be able to say yes, because I'm all about saying yes. I want to. I want my kid to participate in everything and I want to find a way to do it. So sometimes it requires a no, a hard no. Sometimes it requires doing it with modifications. And sometimes it requires just doing it like what you have found, going to going to a play where we're just sitting there and we don't have to do anything. It doesn't cause any problems or stress anybody out. So there are all different, there are all different ways, you know, to, to spend your days so that, you know, you're, we're not feeling as stressed and that we can have as rich 
a life as we deserve and that we want. Yes, and I think maybe a couple of last tips before we end today that uh, things that worked at least for our family is mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that I found out really helpful is to start bringing things to my house and save ourselves the struggle with public bathrooms, with uh, oh, yeah. doing all the tie downs with the wheelchair and having mm -hmm. to drive to places. So if there's two music therapists that are available in your area and one of them has a clinic somewhere and the other does home visits, take the one with the home visits. It would be so much easier. Absolutely. And uh, that's, that's a, a great great tip and I have done that just because I had four kids it was too hard to get out of the house and that that is really true it might and it might cost a little bit more but it's worth it in terms of gas in terms of our time so we really have to think about money differently is that worth it to me yes it is <laughs> yes and, uh, and and then also uh, sometimes it's a matter of cost like uh, at the end of the day for many activities I just couldn't go on my own with my two kids and I would ask my husband to like come with me and uh, he had work to do. And then mm -hmm. it dawned on us that there is actually a value to an hour of work for him. And it has a price tag, literally mm -hmm. a price tag. And mm -hmm. the paying for an outside aid would be much cheaper than him having to like lose three, four hours of work to uh, mm -hmm. join us for an appointment. So we started outsourcing the things because it made more financial sense. It was yes. impossible to go one person alone. And, and then uh, that that's another thing that, uh, you know, helping this hierarchy of needs. I don't know how to yeah. call it. Sorry, yeah. Mr. Maslow, I didn't mean to mess up the <laughs> paradigm. <laughs> but, but at the end of the day, I, I am really, really looking forward to hearing from other people what are their strategies and how do they kind of trick the system to make it all fit in and make your life enjoyable, manageable and fun. Yes. All right. Well, on that note, have a wonderful week. We look forward to seeing you, seeing your comments and uh, sharing more of our stories next time. Have yes. a great week. Thank you. Bye, Ama. For more information, please go to www.twomomsnofluff.com. Thank you.